We're here to help you navigate your business growth with strategic conversations and insights from experts in multiple industries. Welcome to Wayfinding Growth. This episode is brought to you by Impulse Creative's Video Marketing Masterclass. George B. Thomas built out an 11-module on-demand course on how to leverage video in your business at impulsecreative.com forward slash VFM for Video Masterclass. Remington, welcome back to your show. <laughs> it's kind of kind of funny welcoming you as the co-host. That's no, right. It's fun. Uh, so I'm looking forward to diving into this stuff, man, because as we said in the uh, the transition episode, this is a little bit of a different feel for us, mm-hmm. um, and obviously a different look too, because uh, I don't look like George. Uh, <laughs> but as as he's working on sprocket talk, of hair, we got that balance. <laughs> That's true. So, uh, so I want to dive into to the move today. Um, we, we recently moved our office. Yep. What does that look like for an entrepreneur? How, how do you get into that mo- that mindset of, we just need to move? Yeah. So it sucks, <laughs> but, but yeah. no, so I think that, I think there's a couple different things and I want to give a little bit of perspective on it. So, um, we were at our previous location for five years. Um, when we signed the lease, we signed a two year extension, uh, opportunity to continue, um, at the current rate that we had. And, uh, prior to that, I think we were in our previous place, like, I think it was two years and then it was like small office spaces prior, um, that we bounced between, you know, like two year leases back to back. So when it came up to the, um, it was the beginning of this year, uh, we, you know, we were looking through everything. We're like, wait, I'm pretty sure we got, like, we have our extension coming soon. Um, and as we went through that, we, um, we found out that our notice to stay, which is something that's just ridiculous. I read contracts like crazy and I missed that line. Uh-huh. We had to give notice to stay at the current rate that we were at. Um, and it was 180 days in advance. And so once that happened, it was past 180 days because um, that's six months for those of you that don't know. Um, you usually start thinking about this stuff like, you know, three-ish months ahead of time. Sure, You're like, oh, sense. crap, I got to move. But um, well played, landlord, well played. <laughs> but the other thing was, um, you know, we, we moved. The previous location was around 1,300 square feet. We moved to um, the old HQ now. And the old HQ was almost 4,000 square feet. So it was a a significantly larger space, had lots of meeting rooms. Um, And the vision there was that we were going to have around 15 to 20 people working out of that one location in-house. And that's, this is one of the things that, one of the lessons I've learned, I think, is the the speed of business. Um, Nowadays, things change quick. Um, Markets change, economies change you know, like business changes. And so when we were coming up for the renewal, we started, uh, you know, my wife works with me, obviously. Well, obviously to you and me, but maybe <laughs> right, right. to our listeners, but she's our co-founder. You know, yeah. Rachel handles like the operation side of things. And, and so we created this like pros cons list. And one of the big things was is that our team is over 50% remote. I.e. Dan is not hanging out in the orange room with me, but, um, but the other, the other part was like trying to plan and understand whether that was going to change or not. And for the record, my answer is probably not. Um, but we needed, we needed to start thinking about something that was more flexible, um, from a, 
from a cost point of view, but then also like something that could pivot with us. Um, we've become very good at pivoting and just kind of rolling with things and remote work and partially remote workers was one of those things. Um, and so over the past five years, the vision that we had when we signed the lease in the last place uh, turned into something completely different. And that's not a bad thing. But when you start looking back as a business owner, I'm a big goals guy. I looked back and I was like, well, crap. Like, wait, how, how come we don't have 15 people in house? Not that it's a bad thing, but it was like, how are we so wrong in that regard? Um, and yeah. so as we're making our selection process, this is a really long answer to your question, That's but right. as we were making that selection process and looking into things, one of the things that we want, that we wanted to make sure that we did not do was sign another five-year lease. Um, and the reason being is um, not from a longevity point of view, but from a, okay, so our business changed this much over the past five years. What, what are we going to hedge our bets, our bets against in the next five years? And how can we um, mitigate as much risk as possible? And I think that's one of the big things that a lot of times businesses don't really look at. And a really smart guy a long time ago told me, um, when you work on planning your business, if you want to plan your business safe, is what's the best that can happen? What's the upside? And what's the worst that can happen? What's the downside? And can you survive the worst? Right. And so um, that's been this thing that is just like I hammer away at in my head whenever I make any decisions. It's in hiring. It's in firing. It's in choosing new locations. Really any business decision is if it's viable and the worst, the worst case scenario is survivable, let's roll. If it's not, then it's not something we can do. And so in moving to this new location, um, you know, it's, it's an adjustment, but our new office is almost a thousand square feet with some, with some co-working space next door. So it's a big change because it went from being nine, eight rooms in the old place and like a big, a big central area for everyone to work together to, um, well, now we have a glass wall and it's now two rooms in this main area uh, where we has been one the past couple of weeks. Uh, so it's been a journey, but the big thing was trying to select a, a place that can grow with us or not. Um, and then also, uh, you know, being flexible enough for us to know the ups and the downsides of everything. It's funny because what I heard you say too is uh, a, a few things, but one of them is planning your goals kind of the right way where it used to be, maybe you do like five-year goals. Okay, mm. Five years from now, we want to be this. And all of a sudden you get to that five years and you're like, wait, this looks vastly different. So yeah. now as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, as an agency owner, uh, I got to believe uh, you're looking at goals a little bit differently, maybe a year, two, three, rather than five, huh? Yeah, absolutely. And it's funny you say that. So uh, I think it was like the third or fourth episode of Wayfinding Growth. We had Marissa Smith on mm -hmm. um, and it was about traction. And I mentioned how many times I've read that book, mm -hmm. Traction by Gino Wickman. Great uh, book. It, it is. Uh, so it's seven times at, this, at the recording that I did in season or in episode four. Um, and now I just read it another time. <laughs> right? right. And so one of the big things that they have that they talk about there is like having your year, your one year, three year and five year kind of goals. I think it's really important. Um, especially, and this is something we could probably unpack in another episode, but, um, endurance mm. of an entrepreneur, 
is something that can be really, really tough. And if you only have that, that BHOG, that big, hairy, audacious goal or that five-year picture of what something's going to look like, but you don't have little tiny measures along the way to know whether you made it or not, that can be pretty daunting. And I think that's per, uh, personal and professional goals, to be honest. Mm-hmm. But, um, but yes, it's been a, it's one of those things where we've been very much focused on our one year plans and our three year pictures, but we've, um, but we are even breaking that down into quarterly, mm-hmm. um, you know, because we need to know when the agency starts getting as big as it is 15 employees right now, like we need to start thinking about like revenue per employee and stuff like that where it wasn't as much of an issue when we had a smaller team. So there's a lot of stuff in relating to goals that, uh, that need to be manageable. We'll just put it that way. Yeah. Well, and, and too, like, so I'm not an owner. So when you say revenue per employee, man blows my mind. I mean, when impulse creative was small, you didn't necessarily, you worried about, I mean, you got to pay your employees, but it it was less of a worry. Right. Do we have more coming in than we have going out? Right. Right. (laughs) Right. So now as you've grown, I mean, how have, how have you navigated that, that idea that we have to think differently? Do you just continue to read books like traction or how does that work? So it's a little bit of that. It's a lot of talking to others. You know, I'm in a couple mastermind groups, which is quite helpful. Um, And it's just, I, what I love is, um, so I do this podcast roulette and it's in the business section. I literally just scroll and I choose one. Um, and that's been really fun actually, because, um, parallel markets are huge opportunities. You know, we're not really in a regulated industry per se, but like we still have ethics and things we got to follow. But as far as like a, a roadmap or a game plan, the marketing industry really hasn't innovated. So like if I was to talk to like a big, you know, big 50 person agency, they're not going to be able to tell me how to run my agency as much as, they might have really great insights into certain things, right? Like people are people. They've been people this, the whole time mm-hmm. um, that you got working in your agency, at least for now until AI takes over. <laughs> right. right. Um, I watched Terminator last night. So that's where that's, <laughs> um, nice. but you know, as, as all of this, um, as all of this starts to come together, those parallel markets become really important because you could find like, how can you as an agency relate to uh, manufacturing? Yeah. Right. Manufacturing is very much like a systemized process that creates a reliable output, but there's QA and QC and all that stuff. Well, guess what? There's QA and QC and website development too. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's just thinking about how you can take some of the wisdoms of other industries and bring them in, I think. And and I think that's one of our big goals too, with, with wayfinding growth now in season two here and, and beyond is, is trying to find those parallel uh, industries for listeners. Yeah, for right? sure. Like we're going to share our story like we're doing now. And what, what did Remington learn? What did, you know, Rachel learn? What did I learn? Whatever. Um, but to hopefully inspire other entrepreneurs, but then also talking to other people in other industries. We've got guests from other, from SaaS companies, from uh, coffee, you know, uh, coffee cafes. I mean, we've got all kinds of stuff planned. So, so yeah, fun. I'm excited, man. Those parallel industries are really interesting. Yeah. One of the things that I heard you say too is, is pivot a couple of times mm-hmm. and, so my perspective, what I've seen is that as impulse has grown from an outsider's perspective before I joined the team uh, till now, and, and also talking with um, our, our uh, growth development strategist, uh, Jackie mm-hmm. impulse went from years ago being Remington's agency that served Fort Myers yeah. to, to being this agency that serves the world, at least nationally anyway, of uh, the country, yeah. you know, and, and having energy- UK now. 
Okay, yeah, right on. There you go. International. Over so, the pond. I love it. So being, uh, you know, a uh, uh, enterprise, I guess is what I'm looking for. Um, enterprise client. So how does how does that pivot seem to when you're making a move like this? Did you have to kind of think about that and go, okay, I can't think just locally. I have to think globally. Yeah, so absolutely. And that's actually bringing it back to like location and space. That was a big thing. Like we moved into another city with the new location because there was some abundant opportunity that we're going to be able to dig into in the, in the short term. Um, because it's a, it's a brand new development. Babcock Ranch is like a flourishing community. Mm-hmm. So, so there's this, this big opportunity there. Now, when you think of it as a business owner, you're like, I can't move because then my clients aren't going to be able to find me. Well, it's not, it's not the same. Like it used to matter what street you were on, but now with the internet, like you've got main street on Google, right? Like main street, literally, if you're doing things the right way, you're going to show up there. So, Mm -hmm. so when we looked at our, our customer makeup, not that there's any devalue of any of our local clients, it was, they, a lot of them were coming on remote calls, like on video calls rather than driving to the office and dealing with traffic. It's funny because like, that's the same trend that was happening with employees. Mm -hmm. And then suddenly now, um, and you know, suddenly now we're like, well, wait, so is a requirement that we are accessibly local to our customer base? And we're like, well, we should be. But then when we looked at the the pie chart of the local clients from a revenue um, and even a client point of view, it was very low, the local, like, I want to say it's like 7% of our business is now local where five years ago, it was probably 97%. Um, you know, so there's a big shift that's happened there. Um, and that, that was done intentionally. So it's funny that in, in, in 2019 right now, when we're recording this and this is yeah. going to air, like remote work and remote companies that you work with, mm-hmm. definitely a thing, but there's still that, that desire to have, you know, to, to have a company you work with have an HQ. I guess interesting. Yeah. And I think it's because, some of the clientele that we've got, they're, they're older. There's a, there's an older generation, you know, and the decision makers right now, I think mm-hmm. that's starting to shift. Mm-hmm. So, so if they are remote workers, they have got a completely different view on what remote work is, um, you know, and that kind of thing. But there there's, I think there's also some misconceptions or there's more of a rooted thing. Like we are in, we're a company that's been around for, well, since 2007, I can't do math this morning, but, um, so since 2000, yeah, thanks. So for 12 years, right. We've been, we've been, you know, pounding the pavement, getting stuff done. And we've been here for clients. There's longevity there. And I actually don't think now that I'm saying it, I don't think that we leverage that enough to let people know that we've been around that long Mm -hmm. because there's a lot of technology companies that have only been out six months and they're asking you to commit some serious revenues. And a lot of times they're asking for contracts that are longer than they've been in business. So, you know, so when you start thinking about that, I think a location is one of those like confidence factors that you can do without, but in a lot of cases, the longevity, it's like, Oh, they have a lease. They've got to be around for, well, in this case, two, two years, right. Or five years of my old place. Um, At least I know where I can find them. Yeah. Uh, So speaking of lease, uh, one of the things I heard, you said earlier, at the very beginning was about contracts, like well done landlord. Mm. Um, I think that's kind of a lesson there too, for, for those listeners that are, yeah. that are business owners, like don't bury stuff in your contract, man. Just be yeah. honest. Yeah. And it, you know, I had an opportunity to 
re-sign with the same um, with the same people. Uh, maybe not for the same spot, but um, they will go unnamed. But I I had no interest in working with them because like it felt dirty. You know what I mean? And and I'm the kind of guy that actually reads contracts. Like I go through and I, I read every line and it freaks people out. Like when they, when I sign my mortgage, Mm. they're like, Oh, we're going to be here in about an hour. I'm like, this is like a hundred pages. I'm going to need more than an hour, you know? Um, but, but I'm not going to sign anything personally or professionally that I don't know what the contents of. And well, here's a perfect example. Like I read it and I still missed that line. So definitely pay attention to contracts because those that's where things can get real dirty. So Remington, when it came time to actually make the move, you know, you, you've done all this research, all these thought processes and everything else. What's it like to move an office, <laughs> you know, a couple of cities away or whatever, like you've moved, sure. we, we moved a few times. So it's not like, yeah. this is new. Um, but for those listeners, what would you give them? What advice would you give them as if they're planning a move or they're thinking about it? Yeah. So, um, so once we finally decided on where, that was a big piece. And once we confirmed and actually got the keys, that was the other thing. Mm-hmm. Um, then, then it became, and I, you know, I don't know that I necessarily succeeded in this. I tried, but I w- w- looked into the move and how do I make this the least amount of change for the team? Mm. And that's a big undertaking. Like there's more commute in, in this. There's one room don't have the meeting rooms. Like how does the day to day for the team change the least amount possible? And that was like the thing that went through my head. Like I, we, it didn't work out to where the first day at the new office, we had orange walls. It was close. I think it was a week later, but like, how do we get people into the new location and them not be shocked? Because there's going to be this like, wait, where are my pencils? Or, you know, this desk isn't mine. And there's going to be a lot of those things that people, and it's not that people are selfish with that. It's just as humans, we, we like routine. I mean, it's funny because I always joke with the team. um, The only thing that's constant impulse creative is change. Mm -hmm. Like something's going to change. We're going to pivot to that point earlier. Like we're going to adjust and do things a little, a little bit differently. Um, we moved and that was a big one, but the big like underlying tone was how do I make the move with the least amount of friction possible? Uh, for the team? Um, and then a whole crap ton of work. Um, so we elected to, um, to not hire movers to move us. Um, and that was an undertaking by itself. And the reason was because, um, the amount of work that it would take to pack something up in a box and then pay someone else to move it. And then, you know, and then unpack it at the new location is almost as much work. And my wife might argue with me on this, but it's almost as much work as it would be to move things over in a more systematic way. You know what I mean? And so um, luckily we were downsizing the office. So we had, more desks like what are behind me um, if you're on video. And, and so I took half the desks over to the new location so that I could get them set up. And then it was literally just moving, moving desks. And then uh, God, Facebook marketplace is super legit. I'm just yeah. out there. Um, so there's a couple strategic things and I actually just saw this unfold for one of my uh, colleagues in a, that work for a different company. Um, we put out an announcement that we were moving and things were awesome. 
And much of that was done by you, Dan. So thank you. And, uh, you know, we did this video explaining the move and talking about what everything happened because what we wanted to make sure if you put a, um, if you put a we've moved sign in the door of the old place, the people that come there won't even see that we've moved sign, even though it's right in front of their face, all they'll see is the ripped down sign. Right. And they'll be like, Oh, impulse is out of business. Right. That's the, that's the first thing that everyone thinks. And maybe it's because we came out of a recession and, you know, and now people are starting to feel comfortable, but we're still kind of scared. But like, that was a big, that was a big thing. And um, so when we said we wanted to sell a lot of the stuff at the office and we wanted to start moving, it was really important for us to make sure that the world knew that Impulse Creative was flourishing and moving. Um, not we're going out of business. We can't afford this big space. Mm-hmm. And I think we're one of the only companies that has really publicly said, by the way, things are awesome and we're moving to a smaller space. I haven't mm-hmm. seen anyone actually say that out, <laughs> no. out loud, but that was a big thing. Like, oh, we're moving into another spot. Oh, how big is it? Because everyone hears growth and wants to talk about like right. the big thing. And I have to say, I even took that like personally, like it took me, it was like an internal struggle that was really unexpected. Like, oh, this place is so much smaller. Wait a minute. It should be, this place is so much smaller. Like I'm paying less per square foot. I'm paying less, you know, there's less money. Like the agency is healthier because of what we've done. Um, But it was this mental thing is like, oh, we're not growing. Like, oh, it's not, um, it's not there, which is not true uh, for the record. But the perception is the reality when it comes to your prospects and your customers. Mm -hmm. And so we wanted to make sure that if we're talking about a new space or anything else, or we start fire sailing a whole bunch of furniture, right? Because we had seven rooms and now we have one and a half. Um, The big thing was we didn't want people to think we're going out of business. And I didn't have anyone say that because we were loud enough and I'm knocking on wood right now, but you know, we just put out a press release. We did the blog and the video, like we explained all this stuff. And it was really, um, really well done and just kind of fell right into place when we talk about this moving strategy. Um, I'm coming back to your actual question about what it's like to actually move. But, um, but it was one of those things that, you know, I just didn't want people to think that there's any struggle. Um, I wanted people to know that like, this is a good thing. Like we're actually excited about this move. Um, even though it's gonna be a lot of work and it worked out well because we, Rachel sold in the, in about three days, I think she sold like 30 pieces of furniture and like, I, if anyone wanted a deal, she was like, if you pick it up now, like that was the only way that that stuff would work. And, and we got rid of it. I mean, we didn't have to store as much as we thought we would, which is a cost by the way. That you have yeah, to- and all the stuff we sold, we didn't have to move, which was, I was really excited about cause we were doing it ourselves. So yeah. I think it was 17 truckloads. Um, I have a pickup truck and then uh, we had a huge orange table. Um, which we'll put a picture in the show notes if we want, but um, a huge orange table, which we did hire movers to move because it was uh, it's 10 by five foot um, and it's quartz. So it's, I wouldn't say 700 pounds. So that was, I was not even thinking about touching that. So that was fun. But, um, but yeah, so all in all less friction, making it as calculated as possible, making sure you that people understand the optics and they know about it. Um, those were the big, the big areas and then doing the hard work. Yeah. That was the, that was the biggest piece. Well, I'm being willing to, you know, gosh, I'm, I'm the, the CEO, but also I'm the CBO, CBW chief bottle washer. Um, oh yeah. You know, but being willing, 
right? Yeah. Right. Being willing to uh, make it a hybrid, right? If, sure. if I need to move some stuff, cool, no problem. We're small enough company, small but mighty. Um, sure. Able to do this, and, and we'll dive into the next episode. We'll dive into that whole spin thing of like, why did we move? How do we manage the message? Uh, that kind of thing. Yeah. But yeah. That was a that was a great way to put it though. Um. Because yeah, you don't think about that. You know, you want to sell some furniture, get rid of it, maybe make an upgrade, maybe do whatever. People go, oh. Going out of business? <laughs> yeah. Like it just so. happened to a buddy of mine up north. He, uh, he, he's moving into another location and he's got a whole bunch of crap that he doesn't want to move. And I think he put 15 or 20 things up. And then on the actual like message threads of the stuff he's selling is what's going on? Are you going out of business? Oh, what's happening? Do I have to find another t-shirt guy? And it's mm-hmm. like, no, no, I'm okay. fine. He actually put out this video. Guys, I'm fine. I've got a new location coming. We'll talk about it soon. But what happens there is now you're reactionary. You've got the wrong message up. So I can't wait to unpack that next week. Yeah, no kidding. Good stuff, man. This has been good. Uh, I'm excited to have people listen to this and get something out of it. I think this is uh, encouraging for people who are in that that mindset of growth. Um, And and like you said, Remington, we'll, we'll unpack the idea that just because you're growing doesn't mean you have to grow in space. You can pull back a little bit, have a, a smaller impact on your, on your budget and the environment. Hey, growing um, profit. Yeah. Growing profit. Growing yeah, that's good. profit. That'll Healthier. be the title of next episode. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> awesome, man. Well, Hey, any, any last advice for anybody moving? Make it calculated and make sure there's as, the least amount of friction for your team as possible. And then worry about everybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, if your team is happy and they're in the new location, then you've done a good job. Excellent. Man, I look forward to each and every new episode, unpacking everything going on at Impulse Creative, kind of a, a serialized story here as we talk to there other team members and everything else, man. Um, for listeners uh, and viewers, go to wayfindinggrowth.com. Uh, look in the show notes for information and connect with Wayfinding Growth with Remington and me. So there you go, man. Thanks for uh, being here today. And yeah. And welcome to the show, Dan. Welcome Thanks, to the show. Man, man I'm, I'm stoked. I'm excited. Uh, I know. I now have, it's, it's weird. So I now have three podcasts that I either host or produce or involved in some way. My personal one, a nonprofit that helps um, eradicate domestic and sexual abuse in the world. And then this one, it's like, oh, all right. I got two more to have the weekdays full of my own shows. So hey. <laughs> hey. we can make it happen. I mean, I'm just <laughs> right. Right. Bye bye, everybody. Thank you for listening. If you like this episode, please share it. Post it, tweet it, gram it, email a friend. Give the gift of knowledge to someone you know that could benefit from it. And if you really loved it, please consider leaving a rating and written review on your podcast player of choice. And as always, go to wayfindinggrowth.com for resources and past episodes. Remember, we're here to help you navigate your business growth with strategic conversations and insights from experts in multiple industries. Thank you for listening to Wayfinding Growth.